Welcome to Honey Do Me. I'm Cass. I'm Emma. And we're just so fucking excited you're here. We're so fucking excited. We're excited for so many reasons today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just wet for it all. Wet for uh, it all. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Wetter this is, is the last episode of our season. It sure is. We begin our three months of partial leave mm-hmm. <laughs> starting June, July, and August which is mm-hmm. never been done before in the history of all podcasts. So we'll be the first to pioneer <laughs> all of it. And uh, we're excited. The absolute very first. But don't worry. I know you're like panicking, like, oh, my God. Keep your pants how on. How am I going to get through yeah. a single week without my favorite bitches? Um, you won't have to because we're going to do two re-releases each month and then a new little solo you're only going to have to get through one week a month without us. And yeah. during that month, um, I don't know, get a life. Just flick the bean in our honor. <laughs> in our honor. Two different approaches, but. Yeah, but you do both. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, this might be a really personal question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to go for it anyways. All right. What's the most recent thing you've masturbated to? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, I was trying to meditate and then I was like feeling really good. And at the end, I'm like, I just want to expand this energy. So I just masturbated. Honestly, a lot of the time I don't masturbate to anything. I just She's masturbate. a spiritual girl. I don't girly. think about anything. <laughs> if I'm being totally like my mind is blank. I think that's the only time in my entire day that my mind is actually blank. Wow. Um, Yeah, blank for the wank. (laughs) Blank for the wank. That sounds great. I I watched this TikTok of this girl who um, creates an alter ego with a name for when she doesn't want to be stressed. So it's like me, mine is Emily, and Emily likes to work out or go on walks. And during that time, Mm -hmm. Emily doesn't think about shit. She doesn't get stressed. She doesn't have her other worries. Emily's on a walk. Emily's working out. And that kind of sounds like your masturbation alter ego. A little bit, doesn't yeah. it? What could her name be? Uh, Clarissa. No. <laughs> okay. That's a fine name. It is a fine name. I don't know why I said it like that. But I just, it needs to be something more ethereal. Caterpillar. Sandy. Oh. oh. <laughs> it's Caterpillar. It's Caterpillar. Caterpillar. Yeah, it's absolutely Caterpillar. Caterpillar doesn't have worries. Uh Uh-uh. She wanks. Wanks, wanks, wanks. Can you turn off your phone, please? She wanks completely blank. I heard it vibrate. vibrate. Yeah, and that's really rude. Oh, I didn't even hear it. I'm sorry. It's all right. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm just not fully present because I'm not Caterpillar right now. I'm Cass. (laughs) Uh, We don't like excuses, but whatever. You're still learning. Uh, What was the last thing you masturbated to? Um, this is going to sound silly. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, once again, I was favorite thing is TikToks. So I was on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And you know how sometimes they do like clips of movies? Mm-hmm. So you can watch like literally an entire movie with yes. just click, clock, 
click clock yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the click clock <laughs> on the click clock um there was a clip from this movie and i don't know it was some type of sci-fi movie where this man <laughs> like created his wife and so she was kind of mm. a robot but it was the scene where he was like programming her and her sex drive and like she was basically just there to be like his wank <laughs> you know like his sex drive <laughs> yeah and be there just to pleasure him and i thought that was a very mm-hmm. neat idea so i let myself think about that <laughs> and i thought that was neato I so i just neato. went on and wanked about it <laughs> yeah, i did yeah i think i thought it was kind of cool yeah that's super so, cool anyway well that's a good idea for a dipsy story um Ooh. they're more than welcome to well it's your story, so. Yeah, um, I haven't uh, given the rights yet. I'm not comfortable quite yet, but I will okay. surely reach out to our guest when I am. Yeah, just consider it because this week, for the final week of the season, we have Gina, who is the co-founder of Dipsy and the chief creative office, chief creative officer of Dipsy. Um, and you all know Dipsy; it's our favorite erotic storytelling app. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to say I was excited to dive into the mind that creates mm-hmm. these stories is an understatement. Mm-hmm. First, Gina's so fucking cool. She has the most amazing living situation, which you'll hear about. Um, and then just to learn about fantasy and like what people are interested in. She has all the stats, all the facts of like people she's polled and what like these top fantasies are and what people are into. And then just creating fantasies in your head. Mm-hmm. So how to do that. She goes into all of that, like how to start incorporating fantasy in your sex routines. Like I was saying, I usually have a blank mind when I'm masturbating. And honestly, like when I'm having sex, I think for the most part, I'm like just trying to stay in my body yeah. and like thinking of things to focus on, which is great. Um, but it would be so fun to start incorporating so many of the things that Gina said. It's just so, it's a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Because it always felt really inaccessible to me. I know you're a fantasizer, but um, <laughs> I am for us lamos. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for being a fantasizer, we also got to ask a lot of questions that come up for people who fantasize frequently, mm-hmm. which is fantasizing when you're with a partner and having partnered mm-hmm. sex and choosing to masturbate to your fantasies if you're with a partner and kind of the rights and wrongs of that, if there are any, which was very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And I was happy we got to ask those questions. This one's for everyone, whether Mm -hmm. you fantasize or not, like, God, you're going to get so much out of this. It's such a good episode. And Gina's so cool. Mm -hmm. And she's so cool that she actually has a special offer just for all of you lovely listeners. Um, So stick around to the end of the interview to make sure that you get that shit because you fucking want it. Trust me. I love the stun on those claws that you just got. Oh, I got my nails done today. We talk more with our hands. Yeah, they're the pointiest (laughs) they've ever been. They're just like black stiletto nails. I love them. And I'm obsessed. Yeah. They're so stabby. They look great. so into it. You have good witchy hands and that's a good thing. Thank you. That's uh, perhaps my favorite part about myself. So it feels good. I really want to get more finger tattoos, though, because I feel like it'll add to the aesthetic. I have like one, the tiniest finger tattoo. (laughs) A couple um, little dots. It's three dots. Yeah. (laughs) We also need to get our skull friendship necklaces. We get those very soon. Yeah. Which will be even and witchier. And then I got friendship necklaces. <laughs> <laughs> to keep ourselves together through these parted times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh, but they're so Send cool. me the tracking God, on that so when you get a second. 
Hmm? Send me the track sh- tracking on that when you get a second. It's in our email. Oh, all right. <laughs> You're just all coming along for the ride with us. This is what actual <laughs> conversations sound like. We just want you to get the real deal at uh-huh. the very end of this season. <laughs> yeah. So here's the real deal of Gina. We hope you enjoy, mm-hmm. and we'll see you on the other side. See you then. My name is Gina Gutierrez. I'm one of the co-founders and chief creative officer of Dipsy. We are the leading audio erotica platform. We're an audio platform for all sorts of sexual wellness content and very proud to have everything your heart might might desire for all sorts of lifestyles, ages, preferences, you name it, it's on Dipsy. Um, A little bit more about me. I'm in Oakland, California. Um, I live with 20 of my best friends. If you want to talk about how (laughs) that serves as inspired my life. I'd love to talk about it. Um, and yeah, I'm just really excited to be talking to y'all today about fantasy. Um, well, there's so many things here. We love Dipsy. We have mm-hmm. loved Dipsy for so long. Um, and I'm going to gush about that in a second, but 20 of your best friends, Do you are you the- in a sorority house? Do you want to hear the funniest <laughs> part? I yes. live next door to your last guest, Danielle. She li- literally lives across the way. So we oh are- Oh my very God, that's so well. fun. <laughs> that's amazing so is this house with 20 individuals so it's called radish it's multiple different houses um technically i think it's called co-housing but basically our friends were like it's more fun to live with friends how do we make that happen and so they bought two houses next to each other they got friends to move in and now friends have been buying the properties next door and so it's become this like amazing crew of people who have dinner together at 7 30 every night and now there's four kids in the mix and it's really cute and now that it's summer we're all outside hanging out with the cute toddlers it's been really fun that sounds amazing god that's my dream i don't have 20 friends but if i did (laughs) i would love to be close to them that's what everyone says but i think you know once you start something like this it becomes osmosis and it's just funny that we have two people that work on you know sexual wellness in the mix it's just like a really funny coincidence i met danielle because i was on her podcast so podcasts are the beginning of good things oh my god that's amazing well we're so happy to hopefully be the beginning of this good thing, Um, which is talking about fantasy because I feel like, or fantasies, Dipsy obviously plays into fantasies that could be in the back of your mind or, you know, just getting you excited about potential things that you could get involved with sexually. So when do we fantasize? Yeah, I think, you know, you just made it sound like you listen to Dipsy. So I'm curious what your relationship with was, was with fantasy before Dipsy and if it's changed with Dipsy. But the more people that I talk to, the more it's clear to me that there's some people that have a really rich, active fantasy life that they're thinking and building on all the time. And there's other people who are really unfamiliar with that part of their life. Um, fantasy is a muscle just like every other parts of our lives. When you practice something, you get better at it. And so I think Dipsy is a really interesting opportunity to kind of create these scaffolds for you to put new ideas into. It's like shelves for new fantasies. And so maybe we're providing you those uh, ourselves, or maybe you're like, oh, I wish that Ipsy Story had X, Y, Z, and I'm going to fantasize about it myself. And I think we all need a little bit of a place to start, and Dipsy is a place for many people to start, because especially if you grew up in a place where, you know, shame-based or uh, you weren't given great sex educations as we most of us obviously were not. There isn't really a lot of space to think like there's safety inside my own mind to do what I want. It's seen as bad and wrong. And so if it's seen as bad and wrong, you're probably not paying much attention to those thoughts. And so some of us have a head start and some of us need to kind of start from uh, 
square one. And so Dipsy's for all of those people. But I'm curious for you, what was your fantasy life like before and did it change it at all? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I've always been someone that likes to, that's like made a story in my mind when I'm masturbating, um, probably like eight times out of 10. And they've been very short. It's been mainly like an image or something I could think of that's like kind of sexy in my mind. But I've never, and I don't think I still, I, I do now. I never like told a story in my head. Um, Dipsy, when I use it, helps put me into a story. And it's almost more like my turn on foreplay. And then I carry on with whatever I want to do. Totally. Um, but my my mind stops. It almost like stops the, it doesn't have a story to tell necessarily. It just kind of has fragments. So I use it as foreplay. And I could still work on that like storytelling bone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I hear that from a lot of people that Dipsy is like foreplay either for solo sex or for partnered sex. Mm-hmm. Because for a lot of people that are partnered, they'll listen to it and feel more inspired to like instigate sex or more inspired to like say yes to sex which, when they maybe otherwise would be like, oh, I'm tired or I'm not really feeling it or I'm not like in that headspace, mm-hmm. um, which is which is cool and amazing. I mean, if we're helping people have more IRL sex, we love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um but it's interesting that you said that yours is more like image based. Like it sounds like you have like little like snippets. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, something that I feel really excited to talk to people about is um, what happens when like that snippet that shows in your head actually like isn't something you want to fantasize about. Like, does that make fantasy feel harder or scarier? And what I like to say is like, we're so used to swiping on our phones. Like you can totally like swipe left on something that's not working for you in your own mind. And so you just have to figure out the paradigms of how fantasy works in your own mind. And so for me, like if something comes up and I'm like, ah, that's not really it for me. Like I literally move it to the left. It's like off stage, and it gives me like a blank screen to then be like, okay, like what's sexy to me right now? Um, which works really well for me and different brains work in different ways. And once you figure that out, I think it makes, it makes it easier to start mm-hmm. exploring. I really like that analogy. I've never really thought of it that way. I'm somebody, I don't think I'm necessarily prone to fantasizing about sex. It's just not what comes to my mind. So I like using Dipsy because it like can get me there and get me started and start with a story. And then I've noticed that, yeah, once it ends, then I'll like be able to reference it again in my head. I won't necessarily need to listen to it the next time because I'm like, oh, I can, I have that already. Um, I usually do listen to it the next time, but. I like having it to build off of. It makes it a lot easier because it feels like I'm starting from scratch. Um, And then it just feels like I'm putting in more work than I want to because I'm already setting aside the time to masturbate. Yeah. You know, it's funny. What you just said reminded me of this thing where I recently moved to Oakland uh, and I've been thinking about how sometimes I'm on a street corner and I don't totally recognize where I am. And I feel like I'm one of those like characters in a video game where I hit like the gray blurry edge of the map and I'm like, I don't know where I am anymore. And like fantasy actually kind of is like that too. Like you're, there's just gray space unless you're like putting some ideas there. Mm -hmm. And so the better ideas come your way, like the more you've got. And hopefully you're encountering something like Dipsy where everything is like inherently sex positive and consensual and safe and good and easy. Um, and that's not the case for everyone, of course, because the internet is full of all sorts of things. Um, but it's like interesting to think about how you like build the map of what's possible and Mm -hmm. not everyone can do that themselves. Like that'd be a really anomalous thing to just come up with that all yourself. Right. That was such an accurate representation of like the gray wall in front of you. My mind goes on loop if I can't think of something else because, like, I'm almost <laughs> orgasming, so I'm not going to keep story building. <laughs> so it's almost <laughs> like I re- yeah. So I, I just replay 
the scenario that I made work just before. Yep. Otherwise it's just like the scene itself goes gray. Um, so that's really funny that you brought that up. And previously you mentioned, you know, if you think of something and it's not working for you in the moment, you swipe it away. But then where, like, why did that pop up in a moment that you're being sexual if you don't necessarily feel it or want to go with that thought? Yeah. I mean, our brains are beautiful and our brains are unruly, you know, mm -hmm. like our brains do all sorts of stuff that we don't want them to do. Like we want to remember that phone number when we want to remember it and we can't. And we, you know, want to be able to remember that person's name that we just saw and we can't, or we want to tell the story that we have the perfect an anecdote for or the perfect comeback for and we can't. And like, that's just the nature of, of, of the human brain, I think. And mm -hmm. we're also prone to think about distracting stuff like laundry or like to-do lists or like the tests you have in two weeks when you want to get turned on. And that's a really common thing we hear is like, it's not even like the feeling of stress that holds you back. It's like literally in the act. You're like, your brain is somewhere else. You're almost like disassociated. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think people talk so much about meditation and more like come home to yourself practices. You can like connect your brain and body more and be less distracted in those ways. That's like a totally amazing, you know, thing to do. And I'm very pro that, but that's also not for everyone. Like not everyone is going to fix their life with meditating. That's just, I think it's too one size fits all. I think it's more just like being kind to ourselves that there are like all sorts of things in our brains. And if you come up with a thought that actually is upsetting to you or even like worse, like traumatic for you, that's not like a problem. You haven't done something shameful or wrong. Like that's your brain kind of doing its thing. And so like, okay, like that happened. And so now it gets to go off stage because you do have control. Um, I'm like really painting myself as super California, but I heard <laughs> say recently, like when someone is having a tough psychedelic trip, something you can say to them is like, you are the master of your own brain. It doesn't feel like it right now, but you are the master of your own brain. And I think that's kind of true in sex too, right? Like we get to own our experiences even if their experiences are not completely in our, in our control, right? Like we can mm -hmm. put ourselves as the agent in those experiences. Right. I love that because I feel that shame around what your mind can think of comes up a lot when we talk about fantasy and we talk about imagination and what stays in your head. Um, so that leads me to, are there any other like myths and misconceptions around the fantasies that we have. Oh boy, don't even get me started. So I spoke at TED last year, which was a really crazy, cool experience. And the whole focus of it was um, what is the relationship between sex and imagination? And it was super interesting because I basically wanted to talk about how I think that fantasy is like often maligned as something that's like a slippery slope first step to actually doing illicit or deviant or bad things in our real lives. Like if you fantasize about your next door neighbor, are you going to cheat on your partner with your next door neighbor because you keep fantasizing about them? It's actually a really, really, really common misconception. And so it's super interesting because as I was prepping this script, they're like amazing on the TED team. They really hold your hand throughout the way. And one of the editors came in, it was an older man in his sixties. And he said, isn't it a little bit dangerous for us to be telling people to nurture their fantasies. Like, what if they're married? What is it okay that they're thinking about people that aren't their partner? And I just like, I was dumbstruck. I was like, wow, it's so, so interesting that there's more fear about what our brains are capable of than like respect and excitement about what they are capable of. It's more about fear. 
And I was like, hey, I think it's really helpful feedback. Like I want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable hearing this, this TED Talk. But I also think it's really, really illustrative that the thought there is like this is going to be a scary or dangerous or bad thing. I want to talk about how what we want in our fantasy lives and what we want in our real lives are not always the same thing. They sometimes are the same thing. And many, many, many times they are not. We just did this huge state of sex survey. We um, sent a survey. It's like a 20-minute survey. So it's like a pretty heavy lift survey to 7,000 people. We got amazing answers. And it's amazing how many people say, like, what I fantasize about and what I want to happen in reality just are not the same thing. So we're hearing that, like, literally in the data, that it's not necessarily the same thing. And I think that is a really important thing to kind of unlock because then it's like, okay, I have this fantasy that, like, would be bad in real life. But in my fantasy life, feels really good and like helps me come to orgasm. And I love to think about when I masturbate or I even love to think about during sex. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Like your fantasy actually is a space for you to explore what we want to explore. And often I think the subconscious is a place where you work out all sorts of interesting stuff. Like you're not, your behavior is not harming anyone. And so starting to think about our minds as our friends versus these like, I don't know, uh, dangerous things is, is a huge unlock that I think we've really been coded to believe is true. And so I like, I'm on my like bandwagon about that. I think that's like the biggest thing to kind of break free from. If you are having fantasies, like let's use your neighbor example and you have a partner, is that something that you just keep to yourself and know that like, it's okay, you're allowed to have those thoughts? Is that something that you can talk to your partner about? How do you navigate that in a relationship? This is a great question. I think that's such a personal prerogative, right? Like, you know your relationship better than I could ever pretend to know your relationship. And so is that, first of all, I think there's a difference between having a fun, sexy fantasy and feeling consumed or obsessed by a fantasy. If it's starting to feel like it's interfering with your actual IRL sex life, if you're starting to feel like you're not able to focus on yourself or your partner, if you're starting to feel like it distracts you from the regular things that you need to do in your life, then we're talking about something a little bit different, something that I personally am not qualified to talk about. You're talking, you know, talk in detail about. That said, if you're having a casual fantasy about, for example, your neighbor, okay, let's like think about what that actually might mean in your partnership. What kind of relationship do you have with your partner? Do you talk about your sex lives? Do you talk about your fantasies? Is that something that you have a a precedent of doing? If you don't, you probably don't want to drop, hey, I'm having sexy fantasies about my neighbor. But if you have an open dialogue with your partner about the things that turn you on, actually could open up an interesting question like, well, what do you like to think about? Does that bring up anyone else that you think is sexier in your life? Why are they sexy? Why do any of us have celebrity crushes, for example? Like, why is Pedro Pascal like the guy right now? Like, it's a it's an archetype, right? It's like a it's a character that we all think is really sexy or that I think is really sexy. I'll speak personally. And like <laughs> that, that, I think, is an interesting open door if you have that safe space kind of already built with your partner. So I think that revealing fantasy can often be like a huge, huge pathway for intimacy. It's like, wow, thank you for sharing that with me. Like, I feel honored that you're like opening up the privacy and vulnerability of your mind in that sort of a way. And there are other times where a fantasy is just yours. And it's actually like not something that you feel like you need or that you should feel that you need to disclose or that you need to reveal. I actually think I'm a big subscriber in Esther Perel's kind of like overall philosophy that Mystery and privacy to a degree in relationships allows for eroticism to flourish, that there's a spark there, that we don't need to be known in every single way. And that path, deciding which of those two paths you take is totally your prerogative, but I don't think either is necessarily wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So where do fantasies come from then? Because what that sparked for me was thinking about unmet needs in a relationship. So it's like if I see, you know, something in my neighbor that I'm like, oh, I love that they do this. And I know that my partner doesn't do that. And it becomes kind of like a fantasy thing or I, I, I don't know an exact example. But can fantasies come from unmet needs? Do they come from like childhood? Where do they come from? It's a great question. I think fantasies come from all of those things. Like wish fulfillment is certainly a part of fantasy and things that we, you know, had from childhood is certainly a part of fantasy and um, stories are a huge part of fantasy. What stories do we engage with and listen to and read and experience in the media um, will give us that inspo and generate new fantasies. So they come from all different sorts of places. What blows me away most being kind of like a fantasy storyteller to a degree at Dipsy is that people's fantasies are super, super diverse. Like, yes, there are like general trends that you see that are true. You can be like, okay, women are more likely to, or people who identify are more likely to, or people who are Gen Z are more likely to, like there are trends and that's interesting. But overwhelmingly, if you ask 7,000 people what their fantasies are, which we just recently did, it's like, whoa, it's such a diverse swath of things. And that just gets me really excited. It's just like this interesting look into the fact that people are actually very, very different. Um, And because sex has until so recently been so shuttered in the taboo, we're just learning about that. Um, You ask 100 people the same question, you're going to get 100 different answers. Mother's Day is around the corner, and whether you're celebrating your mama, grandma, guardian, or yourself, celebrate with the mother of all self-care routines by trying out Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. This duo delivers a one-two punch in luxurious body care moisturizers with their Anduria Algae Body Oil and Anduria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature all-natural citrusy scent. I use both the body lotion and the Anduria Algae Body Oil once I get out of the shower and I use it literally everywhere. This duo is my go-to for feeling glowy and hydrated for literal days and the Osea Signature Scent is one of my faves because it's not overwhelming, um, but it's like a delicious and fresh smell that just lasts. Since 1996, Osea has been making seaweed-infused skincare that is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code DOOMY at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to O-S-E-A malibu.com and use code d-e-w-m-e for 10 percent off earlier you mentioned um as long as like your fantasies aren't affecting like irl sex um is it and this also might be a personal preference but is it an issue if while you're having sex with your partner you're indulging your fantasies because they help you get off it's funny because obviously this is a podcast, but I'm smiling. I don't think so. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think so at all. I actually think that the genesis of Dipsy is kind of a story about that, which is when I was in college, I was talking to one of my best girlfriends and she was totally head over heels for this guy. And she came back to our dorm room and was like, I don't know, like the sex just isn't that great. Like, how is it possible? Like, I like him so much. The sex isn't that great. And we started talking about it and I was asking questions and I was like, what were you thinking about during sex? Like, what do you think about during sex? And she looked at me and she was kind of like, 
mm, I should have an answer to this. She's like, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking about. And that just struck me as really, really interesting. Like we think of sex as a purely physical experience and we very rarely think about it as a mental experience, unless there's a problem. <laughs> if we're like distracted, then we're like, oh, then it's a mental experience. Mm -hmm. But like in terms of like it feeling good and being positive, we rarely think about what's happening in our own minds. And like, I think that there's so many ways to enjoy amazing sex. You might have sex once that's super connected and you're, it's all about the eye contact and it's super sensual and it's all about hearing and receiving and asking. Amazing. And there's certain sex where it's, you know, much more about consensual power play where you say, I'm going to give you the power and you go for it and I'm going to be submissive. Okay. That's another type of sex. There's also totally the opportunity for sex to be super imaginative. And that's as much as, you know, your personal experience is your partner's experience. And I think that's really cool. Like two parts don't have to, you know, subtract from each other. It's not like mutually exclusive like that. Um, if I'm having a richer fantasy life experience in that sexual moment, does that make it worse for my partner? Not necess necessarily at all. It's just a very novel way of thinking about what sex can be. Um, so I talk about this with my partner all the time because he's less imaginative in that way. Like he's less likely to tell himself a story during sex. And sometimes I'll come back to earth after a great orgasm and I'll be like, whoa, like I was just like in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I don't know. There are cherry blossoms everywhere. And he's like, cool, tell me more. And then it's like a really engaging, fun part of like our aftercare experience where like I'm telling him what it felt like and what it reminded me of. And that's like a part of a dynamic that he and I have sometimes. And is anyone else going to have that exact experience? Maybe not, but it's one example of where I think sharing fantasy is really cool. Right. Tell me more. I'd love to know more about like going into your own story. Cause I am thinking now about what I think about during sex. And a lot of the time, because I struggle with staying in the moment, I'm telling myself stay in the moment and like trying to get in my body and think about what I'm feeling, but I'm definitely not like actively engaging in a fantasy. Can you yeah. give some examples of what that might look like? Yeah. I mean, that's such a good question. I think like in some ways telling yourself a story and making yourself part of a story is a way of getting more in your body. Because if you're telling yourself like, get in your body, get in your body, get in your body, like you're in should space mm -hmm. and like being in should space is like, you're already doing it wrong. Absolutely. So like, okay, like maybe you're like in your bedroom and your boxes are unpacked. <laughs> hypothetical, purely hypothetical. It is very <laughs> hypothetical. <laughs> and it's like bothering you. Right. Like you, you just like can't get in the headspace because the, the room's messy and whatever. It's wrong. OK, like you don't have to be there. You're somewhere else. You're on a beach. You're on a patio in Mexico. Like you are where you are, wherever you want to be. And like, OK, so you're in this place and maybe place doesn't really do it for you. So maybe it's, you know, you're having a solo sex experience. And so you think about partner who's touching you. How did they get there? Did you meet at a cafe? What happened? What was the backstory? And so you can get yourself in this place where you're putting yourself in a narrative and your brain doesn't have time to be thinking about the boxes that are unpacked in your room anymore. So it's kind of like a method. It's a, it's a way of getting in your body without, you know, doing the meditation, which might be another way that works for different people. That is beautiful. I would also like to be in Japan uh, when I'm orgasming. I've never been to Japan, but I have been to Japan in my mind. So I you can really it. tourism of the mind is a is a experience. But I've been to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love the way you described um, the answer to the question of is fantasizing while you're having partnered sex wrong because. If we're going to normalize and give you the tools to fantasize if you're having solo sex, 
and set you up to have the best sex by yourself and have a great imagination. But all of a sudden, now that you're partnered, it's wrong, bad, and cheating to be thinking about someone else. It's just, it gives a very confusing relationship mm -hmm. to your own mind, to your own sexuality and sex life. And it just shouldn't, like the way you're describing it sounds so casual. It's like, of course, it's just another tool to have good sex. And I feel like that's very supportive of the tools we're building if we want to build our imagination in our fantasy land. That is such a good point. And I think it illustrates also how, you know, the stats show that female identifying people and non-binary people have more pleasure when they're solo than when they're having partnered sex. And I wonder if there's some connection there that like if you are using your mind and you feel free and safe to use your mind, then you're having better experiences with solo sex and you feel more stigma or shame around doing that in partner spaces. You like lose one of those tools. I've never thought about it that way, but it's an interesting hypothesis that and yeah. amazing sex toys, but still it's an interesting hypothesis. Yeah. Well, a science woman I am, so. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down. Let's test it. <laughs> is there ever a point at which it is something to be concerned about? Like if you are fantasizing about a different person every time you're having sex with your partner? Because I think about it from my perspective, like if I found out that my partner had been fantasizing about being with somebody else the majority of the time that we were having sex, I think it would really hurt my feelings. How do yeah. you separate those things and navigate that? I don't know that I have a great answer to this or like maybe a clear answer to this because I think it is so deeply personal. Like there is a line that all of us have in our relationships where something feels like not so good or when something still feels good. And that's just so different in every different partnership and even like the structure of your relationship and the rules of your relationship. And so I think there's this line that we feel in a flirtation in an IRL interaction with someone where we might be like, okay, that flirtation was like inbounds in my relationship, or that was kind of like past the line across the line. And I think that we have that, that knowledge somewhere within ourselves with fantasy too. I think the question is just, is the, is the line so, 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 I don't know, conservative right now that we're not allowing ourselves any space to imagine. So I would almost say the bigger problem right now to me, as I see it, especially for female and non-binary people is actually like not giving yourself space to fantasize. That seems like a bigger problem to me than people being like afraid that they're being deceitful or hurtful with their imagination. I think the pendulum isn't really swinging that way. I think if anything, we need to give ourselves more space and talk about it more. I think that's the bigger problem. But of course, there's always going to be individuals where that's not true for. So I can't speak with too sweeping of a truth. Mm -hmm. And just because you're fantasizing during partnered sex doesn't mean your partner isn't necessarily a part of that fantasy, right? Like, can't totally. you bring them into the fantasy, even if you're not talking to them about it? Like, if it's just in your head? Definitely. It's Blake Lively and you, babe. <laughs> We're all here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, a lot of what you're describing is role play, right? Like, if you actually, like, actively are communicating about your fantasy out loud, verbally, while you're having sex, that's role play. And so this like idea of using imagination in the bedroom is not new at all. I think a kind of walk or crawl before you walk is like having it happen in your own mind because role play can feel a little bit like, all right, let's do some theater in the bedroom, which can feel a little intimidating. Mm -hmm. um, but that's essentially what that is. It's just being imaginative and playful and saying out loud what's happening upstairs, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The communication factor is huge because I do think it would be extremely interesting to talk to a partner about what they fantasize about. And I've also been 
like Cass is saying, on the receiving end of someone who had zero skills to talk about these things gently. And he prompted me by asking like, oh, what do you fantasize about when you're masturbating? And I was like, oh, you, because what other answer did I know to give at right. 21? Right. And I was like, well, what about you? And he was like, oh, this person and this person and like people I see or celebrities. And I was like, ouch, yeah. ouch. And he's like, well, I've been with you, so I know what that's like. And I was like, well, that was such a mean way to ask me and to start this conversation totally. where it could have been so much more interesting if there was a gentle lead in or a supportive environment <laughs> when talking about it where it didn't feel like you use your imagination to get away from me. So well said. Using your imagination to get away from me feels like a really like helpful way of saying that. I think um, to go back to like the kind of Esther Perel mm -hmm. school of thought, have you all read Mating in Captivity? Okay, no, so Esther Perel talks a lot about like maintaining chemistry and excitement in long-term monogamous relationships. And so like, I know not everyone listening is in a long-term monogamous relationship, but just bear with me in the in the sense that, you know, People talk about how it's easy to feel really attracted to someone earlier and then it's harder over time. And a lot of what she talks about is the feeling of um, um, being unbounded, the feeling of being your own self, the feeling of someone not knowing you fully but having more to discover about you. And then that in reverse is a huge part of what maintains this erotic charge. So in this example of you and your partner at 21, like that was like a bummer way of hearing, like I have a rich fantasy life. A different way could have been, well, I love to think about all these different things because it makes me feel sexy. And I want to feel sexy when I come to you because I'm so attracted to you. Like there's so many different ways of framing, like where you get your, like, where you get your spark from, you know? And so, you know, I'm in a monogamous relationship. I'm getting married literally next week. Like we are truly monogamous, mm -hmm. but um, we have a kind of rule in our relationship where we feel excited about the other person, you know, like tamely flirting with other people because we love to see them engaged in a way where they get to make someone laugh and feel like they're sexy and feel like someone's really paying attention to them. And then they come back, we come back to each other across the room and it's like, that was a cute little conversation. <laughs> that was cute. And we just set that as a rule in the relationship. And what that allows for is that he gets to feel sexy and I get to feel sexy. And then we come back to each other with that spark. And that really works for us in our inside of our monogamous relationship. And I think fantasy life has the potential to do that if you're, you know, gentle about it and kind to your partner and just like all the things that baseline, like we would hope. Mm -hmm. But um, now I'm like really rolling. But I think the other thing that sometimes happens is not like I come to you with these 10 things that I fantasize about, but rather you ask your partner, what do you fantasize about? And they're like, I don't know, nothing. That happens. I hear that all the time. People are like really excited to engage. Like, well, what do you fantasize about? Let's talk about it. And the person just doesn't have an idea about it. And that's another example of where I think Dipsy can be really helpful, where you can like send your partner a story and be like, I thought this was sexy. What do you think? And it opens up the conversation where it's a little less personal. It's not like I think this or I want this. It's like this was sexy. And then you get to have a conversation about something that's like a little bit more removed. Um, which is, I think is a great tool because fantasy is not something we're all super experienced talking about. I love that. And I think that dynamic with you and your fiance, soon to be husband, of being able to flirt and come back and use that as a spark. One, great communication. But two, that's something that I have found that I like as well in a partnership where I can see other people being interested in them. And it's like we can use that as a little like flair 
um, when we come back to each other. And then using Dipsy in like, when you really do have no idea what you fantasize about. I When you asked that earlier about the survey or said that earlier about the survey, I don't know if I could give a genre of things that I fantasize about. I don't know if I have that categorized and maybe that would help or maybe it doesn't matter, but I don't know if I have a genre. Yeah, I think that's really common. Mm-hmm. It's hard to even know how to ask people about their fantasies. Like, do you ask as a genre or like as a category? Do you say like specifically, no, literally, yeah. what are you fantasizing about? <laughs> um, and it's interesting, you know, I think surveys are like limited to a degree in those ways. There are certain themes that you pick up, but until you're having a face-to-face conversation with someone that feels like safe and comfy enough for someone to be like, yeah, I'm mostly thinking about, I don't know, this scene in White Lotus and putting myself in it or whatever. Um, there's all That's different funny. ways to do it. Yeah. How do we start to get to know ourselves in a f- through a fantasy lens? And how do we start like fantasizing more if that's not something that we're prone to? Yeah. I mean, this is what I built Dipsy to be and what I hope the Dipsy can be for people, even if it isn't like, wow, this is the format that I want to consume all my erotic content or like audio is the medium for me or I love audio stories. Like, even if not that, Dipsy is a really safe space to find what you are curious about and avoid what doesn't feel good. So like, if you're like, hey, like I really don't want to experience anything about infidelity because I've had traumatic experiences, power to you. We're going to make sure you don't see any of that on Dipsy. So it creates a little bit of a safe space where you're like, okay, like even if I don't know exactly, I can dabble around in a safe way. And then you get to just start listening and be like, it's okay to trial and error. Like I'm going to not like stuff and I'm going to like stuff. And when I like stuff, I can find more of that stuff. Um, And then you start to, you know, figure it out a little bit because that's where it that's where it needs to start. It's just figuring it out. Um, and I think the, I don't know, there's a couple of myths that hold us back from good sex. I think like one of them is like sex should never be planned. Like it, it ruins all the fun if sex is planned. I think another one is like, um, it should always be easy. Is kind of this feeling. And like fantasy doesn't have to be easy at the start either. Like you can like have weird times that didn't work and keep going. (laughs) Um, And hopefully Dipsy makes that easier uh, or platforms like Dipsy. There's other, there's other options out there too. Yeah. What kind of tools are, is Dipsy giving listeners that can help them? Like, let's say if they don't have access to their phone or their headphones, if they're listening. So what kind of tools can we gain from audio erotica that we can use for our own like imagination? If we're having solo sex or partnered sex but don't have Dipsy on hand. Yeah. Off I mean, the grid. So, <laughs> off the grid. Off the grid. Okay. So we're camping and we're <laughs> fantasizing. There's no cell service. Mm-hmm. I love this scenario. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what I like to say, cause I'm a highly visual thinker is I like to think of my mind as like a projector. And so I start thinking about, okay, like where am I? That would feel really sexy. Is it like, is it heat? Usually I like to imagine like warm, sexy places. Everyone's got their own idea, right? So like, okay, maybe I'm on a beach or that's too sandy. Okay. Maybe I'm on a patio above a beach. Okay. So I put myself somewhere and then I imagine who I'm with and maybe I'm like, well, who am I with? But let's like give some backstory. Okay. It's my partner and he's walking down the beach and he doesn't see me yet. And I think that's sexy. Why? And I start like creating a little bit of something and when I hit something that I don't like, it just didn't work. Like he's, it can be stupid. Like he's wearing the, wa- the wrong swim trunks, but more likely it's not stupid. More likely it's like, oh, I brought a different person in and I actually really don't want to have a threesome fantasy right now. Then you just like swipe it over. 
It's like, it doesn't, doesn't get a main screen projector experience right now. It's like to the left of your brain. Okay. Keep going. And just like build a little bit of a vignette. So you described that you like have these little images that are kind of your fantasies. Amazing. You don't need more than that. Then you're, you're looking for an image that really turns you on. Amazing. Um, but it can even be really sensory. Like you really like the feeling of silk on your body. Like, okay, you can literally imagine the feeling of silk on your body and take a more sensual approach to it because maybe you're not as visual, or maybe you can imagine someone saying in your ear what you like to hear in dirty talk because you're super, super auditory. And if you didn't like what you just heard, swipe it, move it, it's gone. Um, and just trial and error until you find something that you like. And if the great thing about fantasy is once you find something that you like, you can keep using it. Like it doesn't like mm -hmm. lose its power which is pretty awesome. Um, you know, once people find a Dipsy story that they really like, it's very common that they listen 10, 15, 20 times. And that's amazing. So I don't think that it's like needs to be so much work every time. If you like it, that's amazing. Stay there for a while. Right. Yeah, the story, I, I have uh, ventured a story a time or two or 12 as well. <laughs> and um, like, like with my snippets, stories have helped me just put myself in a place. Um, if I don't have like the stories going in the background, it's like, oh, I remember feeling that the bathroom at the bar with a stranger was like a really hot scenario in one of the stories. Like I'm just going to be there. Um, and so I think that's where my mind starts to buffer is losing uh, venues, <laughs> not knowing where to place myself. <laughs> so, um I think that is a really fun tool through Dipsy is learning different places that you can be turned on and be with someone if you choose to be. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. not always realistically, but at least in a fantasy. <laughs> and what I hear from people is sometimes the details really matter. So like, mm -hmm. okay, you're at a bar and like you're in the bar's bathroom and like it's very important that you know that there's a lock on that door. So like, yeah, someone might hear you and know you're having sex, but it's important there's a lock. Like you get to do that in your fantasy. Like you're designing that space, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, maybe it's right. important that there isn't a lock because you like the idea of maybe getting caught. Like those are two very different fantasies purely because of a lock. And like, that is really fun. Like those little details can totally transform the nature of a fantasy. Um, so yeah, that you'll hear all sorts of that sort of thing in a story and like maybe subconsciously even pick up on stuff you didn't realize you were excited by. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's definitely like building your own mental pinterest board that you can pull from later yes. and i love that yes that's exactly it like i'm <laughs> always like we have pinterest for our weddings and we have you know airbnb for our vacations and like dipsy i hope is like you know the pinterest for your fantasies and that's exactly right like i love that analogy so much yeah uh, do you have any personal favorite dipsy stories well, do you know that we have a story called Casanova about a character named Cass? Very important question. <laughs> I didn't know that, uh, but I'll listen tonight. <laughs> it's so good. It's one of my favorites because it's kind of like a um, – it kind of takes like the player archetype and makes it a woman, which I just think is really fun, like spin, like subversion of like a classic trope. Um, so I really love that story. There's a series um, about Jack and Gia called Hometown. I'm describing straight stories because I mostly listen to straight stories, but there's all sorts of amazing queer content as well. Uh, Jack and Gia just have amazing chemistry. Like you can just like really feel that there's heat between them, even though these are two voice actors that record in separate booths in two different countries, which is pretty wild. 
Um, there's a new queer story called Homecoming. It's actually confusing. There's a hometown <laughs> and there's a homecoming. And homecoming is about um, kind of like rediscovering someone from high school that surprises you in a new way, like a little bit of a friends to lovers kind of story. Um, and I love that too, like the backwards fantasy, like the memory fantasy, I think can be really juicy too. That one hit a bone, <laughs> wrote that one down. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those are great. I, um, I would love like to hear one. <laughs> I would love to hear one that uses my name because I think that would be really fun for me. Also, my mm-hmm. first car was a Nova, so that feels very on the nose. <laughs> wow. We really hit something important here. <laughs> we, did. we absolutely mm-hmm. did. That's awesome. When we're going over details of building out your story, is there, and I know the answer is probably going to be no, but is there a target of length? Like how long can your fantasies be or how short can your fantasies be? I know the brain work like moves so quickly so you can literally see a whole scene in like 35 seconds, but how long do your fantasies typically last? In like in Dipsy or me personally? You personally, if you're thinking in your own head. That's so interesting. I've never thought about that. I think it varies a lot. I think sometimes my fantasies are just helpful to kind of get me in my body, like you were describing, Cass, like mm-hmm. literally like cherry blossoms. It's like beautiful and it kind of like consumes my mind and then I'm not thinking about whatever thing might distract me. And that's like not a duration. It's just kind of like a feeling or like a, a motif, a vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I use color for that too. That's like a kind of synesthesia sort of thing to do. I don't have synesthesia, but I learned about it and was like, cool, why don't I use color as a backdrop for my fantasy? Um, And then sometimes I think that they're like amazing kind of like um, daydream fodder. I I know we don't get that much time to daydream anymore, but imagine you're back in that imaginary tent without cell service and you're daydreaming. (laughs) I think you can easily fill a half an hour with a fantasy. It's just we don't get a lot of practice to – do that with our brains anymore it's probably a worthwhile endeavor tiktok yeah. has made it has been too good to us you know really has, really <laughs> has. Yeah. but I, a story is like 15 minutes on average like 12 mm-hmm. to 15 minutes so that's not all sex like there's story happening at the top and like you're hearing characters get to know each other and stuff but um yeah i don't know maybe that's a good proxy for fantasy length i don't know i've never yeah. thought about that, that way yeah i feel like just our our listeners because they're similar to us, get caught up on like, well, if I'm masturbating, how long should my fantasy be before I let myself orgasm? You know, we kind of like trail into those thoughts. Um, And so that's where my mind went. Because yeah, usually if I find a real good fantasy, it doesn't last long. I do the loop of the scene and then I'm done. Yeah, (laughs) But I do daydream a lot. Yeah, I've definitely had the experience of being like, oh, that fantasy worked too well. I'm like, I'm I just fast tracked. So I am too good. Is that a keeper? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. That's so funny. So if you're someone like we've talked about that doesn't know where to start with fantasies, maybe we can first start with uh, common genres that are in Dipsy that people can start to explore. So what would those be? Yeah. So we start off listeners when they first download the app with a quiz to get people faster to what they'll like more of. And we ask a couple things up front. So one of them is like, what's your sexual preference? Are you more into her plus him or her plus her or threesome content or her plus them or all sorts of the many options that are available in the app? Um, 
And so that's the first place that we'd start someone. And then there's also kind of the intensity range. Like, are you more interested in kind of like meet cutie romantic stories? Do you like kind of that combo of rough and flirty? Would you prefer stories to be more kink forward or more BDSM forward? We used to not use the word kink in the app because we didn't want to kind of like other it as a different type of sexual experience, but we did find it, it kind of became naturally a pretty big category of content. It's what people kind of expect the word to be used. So we use it now too. Um, so that's helpful in like a range of where do you want to start? You could totally like branch past that once you start listening, but that's where we start. And then sort of the themes that we see come up a lot are like, are you interested in being more dominant or more submissive overwhelmingly? Um, female identifying people tend to want to be submissive in stories. It's pretty interesting that that's like a pretty common truth. I think it has a lot to do with how much responsibility we take on in our regular lives. We're just like, take it from here. Thank you so much. Um, but we hear that a lot. Um, and then there's like the thematics, like, do you like the enemies to lovers kind of vibe? Do you like friends to lovers vibe? Do you like vacation stories? Do you like accents? Accents is a huge kind of like real thing in Dipsy where some people are like, I just love British and Irish voices. It makes me feel like I'm just like not, I don't know, in my real life. And mm -hmm. it's like more pure fantasy. Plus it's extremely sexy. I mean, like I get it. Yeah. Um, so that's another like world that I think is pretty interesting. Um, and then there's like actually down to the sex act. So if you're like, hey, it's like really fun for me to experience stories that like um, include like him receiving oral. Great. You can totally find stories like that with the tags. But I don't think that that's necessarily like the door that people open. It's more like, oh, that story has that cool. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's a lot of different ways in. Um, that was like a lot of information I just dumped at you. I'm going to stop. But that was really like you just rattled those off as uh, places we can start and like jumping off mm -hmm. points, yeah. which I feel like people are aware of when we think about sex and we think about sexual encounters, but we don't think of them as a starting off point mm. for beginning a fantasy. So I think that's a very approachable answer for people who are like, I have no fucking idea where to begin. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Sometimes looking at a list of tags is helpful, you know, mm -hmm. just get a sense where you're like, nope. <laughs> or like, <laughs> yes, want to click yeah. in. I noticed yeah. for me too, listening to Dipsy stories, I started with something that I thought I'd be really interested in and I liked it, but then I eventually found stuff that I had no idea I would be interested in and I loved it. Ooh, so it definitely guided me. I didn't expect to end up with two men and there I was. Um, Amazing. Okay, and it okay. was lovely. So you went from, do you mind if I ask, what did you Not go from? Then? Um, I think I moved from, there was like a professor one and I was like, I'm academic. That feels in alignment with me. And it was fun. It was great. And then I can't remember like what else was in between. I was just trying different things that like sounded like that could be me or that I could relate to, I think. Yeah. And then I wanted to try something that I couldn't really relate to and that I had like no prior like reference for. And so I clicked on one with two British men. Um, their names are escaping Sebastian. me right now. Sebastian what was that? Bench. Sebastian yes. and Bench. Yes. Sebastian yeah. and Bench. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that rings true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Say no more. They and <laughs> I love them. I love yeah. them deeply. I love, I love my and husband um, and I love Sebastian and Ben. <laughs> exactly. There's room for everyone in this world. No, totally. I think um, what you just said articulates again, like you 
you know, may or may not, but probably don't have this like deep fantasy of like, I'm going to coordinate two men. I'm going to find two men on an app and I'm going to have an amazing threesome experience. Like that's like a very complex thing to orchestrate in your life. And some people are gregarious, make it happen. Hell yeah. And some people are like, that's just not, you know, either what I want or like what I will make happen, but it's amazing in your fantasy life to get to play with that. And that's just like so interesting, you know, like so many of the things that you're going to find in the Dipsy app are not things that like in any way you're like, that's going to be real, but it's fun mm-hmm. on the app. And I think people are surprised by that all the time. Um, Sebastian and Benj do get a lot of pokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I get it. I mean, I'm not even meal prepping. I'm not prepping threesomes with British men. Like, I just don't have it in me right now. Right. So that's why I appreciate Dipsy. Understood. That's why. There's only so much that can be done in a day. Exactly. <laughs> when you when you got the survey back, were the uh, what do you typically fantasize about responses um, as broad as like girl on girl? Uh, they them with themselves you know like was it that type of a response when you're hearing the genre why don't I share with you a couple kind of things that we heard so among the most popular fantasies so like the ones that recurred the most and the most people people fantasize about threesomes and group sex really frequently so like more is more kind of mentality Sebastian and Benj mentality um (laughs) sex with someone that you like already know and have a crush on or lust after is a big one you actually see that um, the younger the respondents get, so the more likely when they're Gen Z, they're more likely to fantasize about fictional characters, which I think is pretty interesting because yeah. this is my hunch. Like fanfic is such a bigger part of that generation than it was for older generations. Like fanfic is like such a huge chunk of how they're using the internet that I think that that's yeah, it's having an influence, which is really cool. And then people are likely to fantasize about like novelty, so like having sex in a different place or having sex that maybe they haven't. Uh, a sex act they haven't tried before in a novel place is a really common fantasy too. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you hear like in the other section, people are like writing in their stuff, which is really fun. You hear all sorts of stuff. Like I fantasize about like a queer platonic relationship. I fantasize about um, an older man. I fantasize about a femdom. I fantasize about what's one that I thought was interesting. Oh, one was like, I fantasize about someone who's obsessed with me. I'm like, yeah, definitely. Like, but I just love the idea that like, that's as simple as it is. Like, I just like want to be totally overwhelmed with someone who's like into me in every single way. So Mm -hmm. yeah, the range is huge. It's either like, I know a specific thing or like, I have a feeling that I know I want, you know? Yeah. Well, and you know, when you're talking about like feeling like they're obsessed with you, that was one thing that I really loved about the Sebastian and Ben stories was like, they were just telling you like you were so amazing and like you're doing such a good job and they had so like such a good time with you and all of those kinds of things. And I think in real life sexual encounters, it can be kind of hard to say those things because I think it can feel embarrassing to like gush over it. And we also just don't have the words. We're not versed in sexual communication. So it's like my partner and I have great sex, but it's not going to hit certain things because we're not pros at it the way that these people in the fantasies are. And so it's fun to both learn from them and then also get something different from what I'm able to get in real life from really anyone. Totally. That's so well said. Like I'm a pretty verbal person, but the Dipsy's characters are like, you know, they know exactly what to say. And like, that's just not the truth of most people, like most people are not like absolute savants at dirty talk. So it's like, it's truly like aspirational reality. It's like, you might have heard some semblance of this with an amazing, 
you know, memory of sex, but this is like that, you know, juiced up. It's like being in a movie. Like being in a movie, being the main character. Totally. Main character energy is so fun and important to feel. Mm -hmm. Right now, my fantasies revolve around just a guy who made me dinner. And that is so (laughs) simple. Like literally just coming home to dinner, like, but like sex before dinner. And then I just get to eat dinner. Like that is my like prime fantasy right now. I love the idea of sex before dinner. Dinner should come before. Sorry, dinner should come after sex. I like <laughs> believe that very firmly. <laughs> like a lot of people like outfox themselves on a date. You know, it's like you want to be able to enjoy your dinner. Come on, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I have an idea. Let's start in the bedroom. And then get Chinese. <laughs> there was a an answer that I, I wrote down because I was thinking like some of the ones that were so like rich and sensitive. And someone said that they fantasize about a real adult relationship where communication and telling each other truthfully what we want from each other and for each other is there. Um, like thoughts and desires being shared. Like really like sensitive versions of what fantasy can be exist here too. You know, it's not just like I want to have a threesome. There really is a spectrum of that. So. I totally make mm-hmm. totally makes sense. Like man making dinner is absolutely yeah. erotic catnip at different times of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our lives. Exactly. I feel like that's where I find the fantasies that ring the most true and can either last the longest is kind of looking at things I just wish would be easier, like day to day. Like, yeah. oh, if dinner was just already done, if the house shit was just already done, and it's attaching that to a naked person and it's great (laughs) (laughs) totally yeah Uh, um which brings me back to pitching you about my commune where dinner is prepared at 7 30 every night there's no nakedness unfortunately there's none of that but (laughs) i do love that though that is so sweet and i'm from the bay area so you know if i'm ever around i'll just pop on by totally be the third (laughs) sex positive person in our crew of of folks over here totally i love it Count um, me in. yeah <laughs> let's think like what other what other answers like really struck me i think sometimes they were just really cheeky like <laughs> we asked someone or we asked everyone like what's a reason why you wouldn't want a fantasy to happen in real life and someone responded well vampires aren't real <laughs> but true fair enough <laughs> not with that mindset they're not <laughs> Um, yeah. And, uh, I thought it was also really sweet and interesting that a lot of the reasons that people stated for fantasies being different than what they want in real life, not being like, I feel ashamed or I feel stigma or any sort of like fear of judgment, but really more like, it's just not something I want to happen in reality or like kind of difficult to accomplish or like, it's more fun when it's perfect in my mind, you know, it's much more personal reasons, which I thought was really optimistic. You know, it wasn't about what other people think. It's just about you, which is cool. Yeah, That's really special. That was mentioned. Oh, sorry, Cass. I was just saying that's really special. I like that. Yeah. Keeping it for yourself for that reason. Yeah. Making Cass undress, just talking about it. She's just, I know. My <laughs> strap keeps slipping down. I'm just so just excited. One strap down. <laughs> Getting hot in here. Always I ready. It. it is a bodysuit, though, so it would take a little more. To get it would take a little longer work. to get that off. A lot more work. Yeah, I tend to yeah. find that fantasies in a bodysuit really get hampered by the yeah. wraps in the middle. It's yeah. just a lot. This one <laughs> doesn't even lot. have snaps, so I'm stuck in it. <laughs> stuck. I'm just stuck. 
<laughs> oh, well, this has been so awesome. I don't want to go too far over because 7.30 dinner is very soon. Um, but this has been such a fun dive into fantasies in a way that we never have gotten into them before. So thank you so much for being on. This has been really fun. Yeah, thank you. This was so fun. Thanks for having me. Where can our listeners uh, continue connecting with you, connect with Dipsy, all of those good things? Yeah. So we would love to give all of uh, your listeners 30 days free to explore. Um, so if you go to dipsystories.com, that's D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash D-E-W-M-E, do me, you get 30 days free. So please explore, have fun. And if you don't like it, no problem. Um, and you can follow us on Instagram, Dipsy Stories, on TikTok, Dipsy Stories. Our team is already, it's just making amazing content. Like just see the beauty on TikTok or see the beauty on Instagram and see the funny and the educational on TikTok. There's a lot to explore. Thank you so much for that. We'll put that link in the show notes too. So mm -hmm. super easy. Cool. They're going to be so excited. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I hope you listen to Casanova. Hope you enjoy. Yeah. Oh, I will be listening. Well, I feel like we, along with Gina, have given you guys a lot to fantasize about mm -hmm. through these next three months. Mm -hmm. Um so think about us often. Think about us sexy if you want. Think of me tenderly. <laughs> <In> sexy. <laughs> tenderly. Thank you so much to Gina for being on the podcast today. It was so amazing to meet you and talk to you. And thank you to our listeners for sticking around. I need this fucking break. God damn, I can't even talk. We just need a minute. We love you so much. Um, but yeah. we just need... Uh, we just need a minute to get even better, to bring you the good, juicy stuff again. Not that uh -huh. this isn't amazing and juicy. We just have so many fun ideas. Like, you're going to be fucking mind blown with the things we're going to bring you come September. Come <laughs> September. It's delicious. Yeah. And it'll be the anniversary of our debut. So mm -hmm. it'll be even 10 times better. Of our sexual debut. <laughs> our sexual debut. I love that term instead of losing your virginity. Your sexual debut. Ooh. Have you heard that before? No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like a debutante ball. Exactly. As it should be. <laughs> yeah. So I just think that's so much more fun. And I will definitely, if I have children, be using that term as opposed to losing Sexual virginity. debut. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Or let's think of other things over these next three months <laughs> we can call losing your virginity instead. Let's reconvene in September um, and yeah. see... See what we've come up with. See what we've come up with. They've better be good. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. They Got better. A lot of months. Um. If you want to give us a, a goodbye for now present, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me. You can leave us a written review, which means the absolute world to us. Um. What emoji should they leave if this is the episode? Oh, um. I don't know. Maybe like the clouds or something Ooh, for fantasy. I like, like that. clouds and sparkles. That's very fun. Also, make sure you share this episode with a friend. Um, this is such a fun episode. It's so informative. It's not too scary to send to somebody else. You know what I mean? It's not like, here, no. ass eating. Um, but yeah. if Let's you're comfy sending, well. yeah. Oh, God. Send yeah. that as well. Send that to everyone you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think this is a great episode to share. And if you share it, you're going to give your buddy there a dipsy trial, which 
I mean, yes. that's just the gift that keeps on giving. Absolutely. You can also rate us on I, Spotify. Sorry. Go ahead. Nope. You finish up your, your jam. <laughs> so sorry. That was it. Rate us on okay. Spotify. Um, after this episode, I went and listened to two Sebastian and Benj uh, mm-hmm. Dipsy stories. <laughs> when I say my jaw was on the floor. And like as I was walking, <laughs> look at you. You're practically <laughs> undressing now. I was walking my dog and I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. my jaw. Like I was fanning myself. It was spicy. I know. Like I will say, I don't think I had ever really thought about like having two penises in me at the same time. My husband is literally five feet for me on his computer right now. <laughs> but um, I don't think I had ever really thought about that. And then it happened with Sebastian and Benj. And <laughs> is he just shocked? Just no eye contact <laughs> uh, with my husband. But um, it's, it's great. Highly recommend. It's, just, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. So that is... Also, our parting gift to mm-hmm. you is Sebastian and Benj. Um, that's all I have to say. Yeah. On that note, we love you so, so, so much. much. And, um, well, we'll actually see you these next couple of weeks and all the weeks after that. We'll see you in September. Yeah, we will. We'll miss you. We'll miss you. Lots of love. Bye. All right. Bye.